The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Your web search is over. It's time to release your mouse, turn your speakers way up, and hang on to your hard drive. As the SEO rock stars, log on to Rock the Net right out of the stratosphere. Prepare to optimize your Tuesday evening jamming and spamming with the always highly ranked SEO rock stars. Guaranteed to be a night filled with great memory. Good afternoon, everybody. It's a live show on October 10th, starting on time. Oil Man here and Mr. Web Gorilla on the other line. How you doing, man? Uh, good. Just barely made it. <laughs> Just barely. Well, that's what you get when we're actually starting on time and doing a live show. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Bla- I had to kick Blackbeard out of the chat a couple minutes ago because he was, he was talking about how we've been spotty and people don't expect a live show. And I think we've really upped it recently. So I think that's Don't undeserved. ever expect it to be perfect either. <laughs> that's never going to happen. Never. Well, you know, just take a look at last week's show. The idea is you keep the bar set nice and low, so every now and then you look great. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do. Uh, I wanted to cover off one thing before we jumped right in. A couple of people have been asking about my Technorati experiment that I did with Rand and SEO Moz for my blog. Uh huh. And what we did was we hatched this, hey, let's favorite my blog into the top 100 uh, favorites, not the actual top 100, but the top 100 most favorited blogs. And so we basically asked a whole bunch of people to favorite the blog. So they did. We hit, I think I'm sitting at number 81 or something, the top 100 most favorited blogs, and uh, did jack all for traffic. Really? Big spike, big spike when Rand announced the project. A lot of traffic uh, coming from Rand's blog, but uh, absolutely nothing. Over the course of a month, 28 visitors from Technorati, which are probably all the people that were in their favoriting anyway. So and that's, I, think, I think you can really compare it to a search result page, though. 100 search results, you know, if you're going to be favorited, you've got to get favorited right up into the top 5 or 10 maybe to get traffic. But anywhere down the list, you're just lost. Yeah, I would think so. And it doesn't help that... I heard you're banned from the ODP. I just heard that, too. Shu was talking at the end of his show about how he had found out that the Shoe Money blog is blacklisted in, uh, in DMOZ. Which and, I, uh, I, I totally understand that. I mean, <laughs> fairly confrontational guy. I can understand how he upset somebody and got banned. Um, but what do you do? I don't upset anybody. I have mentioned maybe once or twice in the past that it's quite easy to buy your way into the ODP. But uh, aside from that, I, I don't know. It'd be very, very curious. I mean, not that I honestly care. I've never even checked if my blog was in there, but I don't know. I mean, good company, I suppose. Well, I guess I'm never going to talk about that topic since I'm in there and I don't want to get removed. <laughs> oh, well. Hey, but rather than try and fill all this little pre-chatter stuff here before we get to our, our special guest of the week, the granddaddy of cloaking, John Hurd. 
We have another special guest for all our listeners who's very well known in the chat room, Mr. Poop E. Gifts. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hey, how you doing, buddy? All right, I think the chat room is the only place I'm well known. (laughs) Oh, we're going to change that. We're working on it, man. Because, you know, we have thousands of listeners. (laughs) They jog on beaches and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful what you say, though. I, I, I don't think... Uh, I, I think I have a product that scares anyone from uh, stalking me, so I think I'm covered <laughs> on that area. Would, hey, will you ship to the Philippines? Um, it, it depends on how much you want to pay me. Okay. We'll it's talk a later. Of, it's, a lo- it's a lot of paperwork to do illegally. Ah. Uh, well, it might be worth it. I, how how sure. is the revenge? How is the revenge business these days? Um, October October was horrible, or September, yeah, September was horrible. I think we did uh, one order, and that uh, the lady canceled uh, the very next day, but let me keep the money. Oh, that was nice of her. Yeah. For those of you out there in listening, Listenerville, in case you're wondering what we're talking about, why don't you give them the 30-second uh, the summary of who you are, what you do, what the site's all about. Um, my site is all about getting revenge, the perfect revenge on someone. It's basically a 16-ounce cookie tin uh, with some Easter egg basket grass um, with a nice one-pound pile of uh, dog poop on it. One pound? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You were talking a little a little bit ago about putting, like, some, some sticky stuff on the lid so you really had to fight it open and well, actually, actually we, spill we, uh, it. We seal it with uh, with tape around the edge, so it, it does get a little sticky. They and and the lid's pretty tight. It it uh, it, it, c- it could stick pretty easily. So it comes looking like a nice gift that somebody'd want to open. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it looks like a, a small candy dish or a, a small cookies. Um, I I did I have had orders for uh, uh, for larger orders, um, a, a few piles actually, and I use sugar cookie tins for those. <laughs> So do you get a lot of, uh, you know, like Valentine's Day? How does that work out? Um, Valentine's Day was actually relatively slow. Um, Christmas was enormous. I think I was last last December I did uh, two orders a day. And uh, before that, my busiest holiday was uh, Mother's Day. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Ouch. Ow. Well, That's you know, I was bad. thinking because I, I was surfing around, and, you know, there's these sites on the web where people post, uh, photos and stuff of their exes that they hate. A lot yeah. of times they're, you know, sexual stuff. So they break up with their significant other and they hate their guts. And I'm thinking, you know, this is these kind of that's where you should be advertising. Yeah, I, I've most of my orders are actually for for people that they want to do something that they're they, they really can't be figured out, like. Uh, Government buildings and uh, political <laughs> figures, and now has like so you, you have a re, like a return email address or a return address on well, the whatnot, right? Like there there is a return address on the on the package, but uh, you you won't be able to use that to, to find me. <laughs> there is, it, is, it, is it like a PO box that you can go check and get the hate oh, mail no. back and stuff like no, that? Once, once it's once it's done, it's 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 away. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't try to uh, to resell them. I, I had a couple people that when I first started said that uh, I should include a, a, a card in the in the package that says for fifty bucks we'll 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 bomb near the person that sent this to you for you. But, uh, 
Once, the, once it leaves, it, it's untraceable back to me. I think you should have a feedback form, though, and then you could publish the responses that people sent you. It would be great for content. Absolutely. What I've been thinking is I found a, I found a, a software or a website that allows you to create your own YouTube-like place so that your users can upload video. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about doing a whole you either videotape the person getting the package and then upload that video or uh, uh, a, a contest like a dog pooping and seeing how many people I can get to videotape their dog is pooping. <laughs> oh, that would be great. See... Now, do you have an affiliate program? No, um, I've actually got someone who's offered to to, to write me an affiliate script, mm-hmm. just so that uh, I can get that started. Because the site is basically a, a hobby. I do it for for the conversation piece. And, uh, <laughs> I I just I I can't justify spending a couple grand to start a on one of the major affiliate networks. Well, that's a lot of poop to try and yeah. recover. Oh, we don't need that. But, yeah, I, I would think all these people that specialize in other kind of sites that are about revenge and hate, they'd get a kick out of just being part of that affiliate program just because the creatives that you could put on the site would be so awesome. Yeah, I I, I, I do have one site. I, I I actually don't know the the, the URL that they're using now. Um, it's changed since, since I first talked to them. And... Uh, it's a picture of a dog pooping, and, and the, the text in the banner says something about, uh, you thought Cole was bad. Oh, that's good. <laughs> or, you know, the videos and just pumping them out on YouTube and having the videos branded with your domain. Oh, that, yeah. that, that, that is another option, yes, definitely. Funny, fo- funny videos of people, you know, because you could even set that up yourself. Yeah. And it's people you know, get the videotape of them reacting to the poop. Maybe they slip and fall down the stairs or something, you know. <laughs> you could have all that great uh, YouTube kind of content because it's amazing how many people. Well, that's right at YouTube's level. Definitely. They, in fact, the guy that uh, is, is has said he's going to write the affiliate script for me is actually in the chat room right now. Awesome. Very cool. The chat well, room pays off every now and again, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, every now and then there's a little nugget in there. <laughs> you just got to get that gold pan and go sifting for it. So, someone also time. mentioned last week to fill the, uh, the the remaining space in the cookie tin with a really fine glitter powder, <laughs> so that when they when they open it, the glitter powder goes everywhere. <laughs> oh, that'd be good too. Yeah, stick like all over the poop. Yep. So many, so many different angles on this this product. Well, if you could put a little charge so it kind of exploded when it opened, that'd be great too. Like a little CO2 cartridge. Yeah, I was in the military. We had some rigs like that. It's it's definitely possible. Because you know, <laughs> poop humor is funny. I, way way back in the day, I used to work for this guy, and, and he was actually a member of my band, and he was a plumbing contractor, and he just thought poop humor was really funny, and he one time uh, put his own box of poop in the foreman's pickup truck. Just left it on his seat as a gift, and we laughed all day long. You know, one day he came to the job site with brownies that had X lax in them, fed them to everybody. All kinds of great humor. That's great. He got fired for the foreman thing, though. <laughs> Maybe he was looking for an exit. He had an exit strategy. Yeah, that's what that was. Well, that's awesome, man. I think you got a. I mean, it's a lot of fun hanging out with you at the conferences and stuff and, and then, you know, in the chat room there. and 
definitely. I, I think the pleasure is more mine, but, but thank you very much. You bet, man. Well, we're glad to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. No problem. We will, we will and what's your domain? To... Tell everybody your domain. Poopegifts.com. So, it's uh, poop, the letter E, and gifts.com. Awesome. Poopegifts.com. Everybody thank go. Thank you very much for having me on. No Take problem. it easy, buddy. All right. Man, I just I I love that product. I, that never gets old. That's the one thing that never gets old to talk about in that chat room. Well, you know, and I used to always when I, when I come home from conferences, talking to my non-search friends, they always tell me, "Oh, the coolest thing is, is, no matter how long you've been doing this, you always meet people that do really unique stuff you've never heard of." Absolutely. I've told the poop story a million times because I can I'll never forget. You do what? <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. There's room for everybody in this industry. Uh, I think, I think I'm going to send a few out this year. I think we might have to. <laughs> have to do that. Maybe to that anyway. editor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know who it is now, too. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do. I don't think I want to out him on the show, but I'll tell you later. Okay. Anyways, let's hop to a break, and when we come back, we will have our main guest this week, Jim Hurd. The granddaddy of clothing. Actually, or it could be his brother, John. John, sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking of that meta-editor's name, actually. <laughs> uh, whoops. <laughs> Oops. We won't go any further. We'll come back with John Hurd in just a couple minutes, everybody. Stay tuned. Stick around. SEO Rockstars. We'll be back after this short break. At Webmaster Radio, we're serious about our work. And no one works harder and is more professional than our own SE guru. This one's for you. Okay, that stuff will wake you up. Excuse me. This has been the best time I've had since college. Where'd you get that giant hurricane? I was upstairs. I didn't have a giant hurricane. I got to get one of those big ones. Uh -huh. Oh, that was good. All right, I got to get right in there. Find that in there. I saw you at like 5 a.m. Or no, is it 4? 4 a.m. Walking out of my room talking about freaky monkey sex. Dude, that's great. I did fight my way to the carpet because I got a mic working. <laughs> I gotta try and fight my way to the bar, and I think with an open mic, I can get, I can make it a little quicker. You know what? That's just the nature of the beast. Had <laughs> a boy, SE Guru. Way to make us proud. <laughs> and uh, I imagine we'll see you at the next one, of course. Commercials off. Now back to SEO Rockstars. Let's rock. Here's your host. And we are back. 
an actual live show. We're not getting as much credit as we should for all our live shows recently. But uh, we we're might back. have to add them up or something. I think we'll have to do that. But we have a special guest on the line. I'm going to let you uh, introduce him, Greg, because uh, you've known him a lot longer than I have. John, you there? Yes, I'm here. I can kind of, and we're going to, I hope we don't have this volume issue. Okay, let me switch, let me pull the headset off. All right. How's it's that? probably, no, it's this thing we have when there's three of us sometimes. Oh, okay. Usually I'm the one nobody can hear, so. <laughs> but welcome, man. It's good to, good to have you. How you been? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for having me on here. Oh, you bet. It's man. It's been years. I don't think I've. Uh, I don't think I've actually seen you since. Uh, it's got to be two, three years almost now. Probably so. Probably so. But uh, I hear you're back in the game, ready to get rolling again. Yes, I am. We're getting ready to fire up something. I really don't know what yet. But we're going to get busy here soon. <laughs> so, well, I have all kinds of ideas for you. Oh, good. So hopefully we can get into some of that. Um, for those listeners that. Uh, might not know who you are, why don't you give everybody a bit of background of how you got on the web and what it is you do. Um, background? Oh, man, that's really going back a long ways. Uh, 1994, we started out on the web on a major net bulletin board, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, that's where our initial domain name come from, back when you could get domains for free. Um, we had, uh, my wife was op- was operating a little business, and uh, was figuring out that, you know, the sales were pretty much directly related to your search ranking on AltaVista back then. That was back when AltaVista was king. And uh, I got to researching stuff and trying to figure out why, you know, different sites would rank better than others, which led me into Danny Sullivan and uh, Stephen Mahaney at Planet Ocean. And uh, after, oh, probably a few months, we both developed pretty good relationships and talking. I think I was number 13 on Danny's uh, subscriber list, <laughs> so it kind of goes back a ways. And it kind of just snowballed from there. Um, so how, they've how done that the, uh, on a lot of different areas. How did the uh, the IP delivery and the whole cloaking bit grow out of that? Where did, where did you first get the inkling to start doing that? Um, I ran across a couple interesting things. This was back in like 96 or so. Um, and I'm not too sure who was doing it. I'm not the original person that came up with the idea. I just noticed something like that happening, and we got to fooling around trying to figure out how to do it, and we originally went off of, like, user agent information like a lot of people used to, uh, you know, the user agent of the request, and uh, that didn't work too hot. It, you know, it was real easy to fake out, so we switched over to IP numbers only, and uh, worked pretty good. We come up with a little simple script, used it for a while, and um, on our own projects and things. And then it started working pretty good. We had people asking for it, and so we launched it commercially back in '97. And uh, it was kind of controversial there for quite a while. We had fun with it. Yeah, I thought you were evil. <laughs> so I I came to the web, you know, '96, '97, and just a young pup and. Didn't you know? Same thing. All channels always run through Danny, but in the beginning, I was—I um, I don't want to say—I I, was—I guess I was more white hat than I am now. I was just naive and uh, innocent, and uh, I remember on the 
first meeting you on the uh, the list that Marshall used to run. Yes. And and also the Link Exchange Digest. And I remember you would get in arguments with people about cloaking, and people were calling you evil back then. <laughs> and I was like, God, who is this guy? I can't believe he would cheat and trick the search engines and do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then when I met you, honest to God, I thought you'd have horns. <laughs> the way you were portrayed. And for all you people who never met John, he looks like John Denver. <laughs> to the T. <laughs> Right, and he lives next. He lives next to Dorothy in Kansas. Right, little tiny town. You were so not what, and I totally expected from the your persona online, and it had a lot to do with changing my perception about how to market on the web and the silliness of the whole, you know, black versus white thing. So thank you for that. Yeah, it, it was a pleasure. I think actually one of the first times you and I met was on the phone too. It wasn't one of your clients got got page jacked. Well, interestingly, we didn't really talk that, about that. That's true. We did. We had you know, there was another guy in the business who believed in IP delivery that uh, we also know, and except, and he was kind of the guy. So I'm kind of warming up to this idea of cloaking, and he's out there telling the world, "Hey, it, it's a great thing. We're giving better content." It turned out what he really was doing was auto scraping hundreds of sites and regurgitating that content and feeding it back to the engines, bouncing that traffic to his paying customers. And uh, I'm not going to mention his name or the company, but in the course of that, he stole content from one of my clients. And uh, we had a thing, and I basically busted him for it. And that's when I kind of got into the defensive cloaking aspect, because that was back in the day when on-page stuff was important and it was pretty easy these guys were taking like i remember they were taking pages from guys that sold and trade hot wheels online little mom and pops that did this stuff for a hobby and they'd swipe the pages and serve them back to the engines and get them ranked for hot wheel terms they'd bounce the traffic to e-toys <laughs> and get paid thousands of dollars for it and it's, uh this is awesome danny's sitting in the chat room and he in about four seconds pulled up the search engine watch story from 2000 about this yeah, um, you know, he's, I know, he's like Grandpa Archive, isn't he? Well, the White Knight, he'll get a kick out of that term. <laughs> so, right, you know, and so, too, oddly enough, that, right before that happened, I was just kind of getting into dabbling with it and using it for stuff, but that episode actually pushed me that way because we got into the defensive cloaking thing, and... Well, I guess a lot of people don't realize that. John, maybe you can explain a bit what that is. But originally, I think a lot of people used it more for that purpose. Uh, well, there was a good portion of both. You know, there was a lot going on back in the the days when content was 100% everything. Um, you know, some of you old guys might remember the football templates and the things we used to do at InfoSeek. And uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's definitely changed a lot since back then, but... We could really rock and roll back then, and uh, man, if we had the tools that are available today to go back in time and to play with back then, uh, probably render most search engines useless. Oh, we would just bring them to their knees. <laughs> we did, yeah. If we knew now, what we yeah, I think about that a lot. The days of the four-hour update. But that was the thing. No, so it was like we, 15 we, minutes, yeah. man. 
Oh, InfoSeek, the five, ten-minute refresh. Yeah. Downloads a copy and refresh, refresh. So what happened is people would view source code, look at the metadata and everything on the page, and basically copy the code into their page and steal it and then submit it and then outrank the page that they stole it from or rank up in there. So we all kind of got into the idea of like, hey, let's not let our competitors see our code. So we developed the page one way for the bots, and then we'd strip out all the cool stuff for the yeah, human. Yeah, basically so people a spoiler view. page. So the search engine got this, you know, anybody looking at the page would get the spoiler page that wouldn't have the good stuff in it, the right keyword densities and things. And only the search engine got the good things. And and we took it a bit beyond that and even did poison code. Oh, yeah. You know, and the, there's times AltaVista, hey, if you, if you overstuffed your meta tags, you'd get demoted for that. So what we would do is take all the things you weren't supposed to do and put it in the code. And we made, I remember even I made up metadata that didn't exist. <laughs> you know, meta rank equals five, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And I'd find it in competing sites' code because they'd view the source code and then they'd take our stuff, meta tags, and put it in theirs. And then their stuff would slide away, disappear. That hasn't really changed anymore. I still find goofy things like that out there. It was oh, a yeah. lot of fun. You still see all that kind of stuff. I mean, even even you know, like the you know, visit after seven days and all that kind of junk. That still floats around all the time. Yeah, it's always, it's always humorous to come across it. Oh yeah, and they add it. Oh, I rank. That's why it worked. Yeah. <laughs> So those were the good days. Now, here's a question that comes up a lot, and we'll talk more about kind of how cloaking's evolved and how it gets used in the current time that we live. But um, in you know in that time, the hardest thing about all that really was tracking the bots. And I've always told people that if you didn't do that for me, I would never cloak. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about how that process works and how it is that you know before Yahoo knows. Because this is an honest truth. I've been on the phone with somebody from a particular search engine. I said, hey, you guys released a new bot this morning. And their response was, we did. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. But how is it you go about tracking that and keeping tabs of all that? Well, I don't know that I want to go into real detailed information. Uh, one of the backgrounds of an SEO guy is you, you really don't want to talk about everything that works good. Uh, <laughs> but just, just let's just say that I have quite a few different networking sites that are part of a monitoring network, and we just watch traffic, and we watch it every day, and it's 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. And you pull over raw um, log files? Uh, pardon? Because it's amazing to me how you can not only spot a new bot, but you can tell me accurately what that bot's future purpose is going to be. Well, or I think a four checker or, you know... I think, you know, and I'm not, you know, perfect at that, but I think it's just based on 10 years of watching them. Um, you get a pretty good idea about velocity and uh, how quickly they do things and, and when and the different uh, banks of IPs that are in use. You kind of develop a feel for it. In all the time I've been using you, I only got caught with my pants down one time. And that was because I didn't upload the file that you sent to me. Well, that's pretty good. 
So that's a pretty impressive record. Which which leads to the next question. I get asked this all the time: is why it, at your site you don't market and sell the monitoring services as a separate thing? Any plan um, on doing that? Well, there's probably a lot of things I probably ought to do. <laughs> there's just not a lot of things I have done. I mean, you know, once the bills get paid, I kind of go on and do something else. And, but there's a lot of, I have a lot of different things that I could optimize, and IP delivery is one that definitely has still more potential than it is currently using. Well, because I think nowadays a lot of people do a lot of their own custom software development, mm-hmm. but nobody wants to track. I mean, I know I, we do larger scale projects with clients, and we have some pretty big name people that use your lists because that's the only way we'll do the project is if we know we have an updated, you know, thing. So that's idea number one for the next year is you should turn that into a subscription service that anybody can subscribe to. We do. You know, we've got a few that we've worked out some things over the past, but, you know, most of them are, there's a couple things about it, and um, we do some things in our code that we really want people to understand why we do it. And we want them to have the code to at least look at if they're going to build their own stuff. Right. And if they don't have that in there, then there's some things they're missing. And you can still get caught with your pants down. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're taking it more as 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 a total solution, not not so much. Hey, here's the data. Go use it. You want to make sure that people are using that data correctly, and you, not so much. I, I don't think anybody could ever come back to you, you know, because they got caught with their pants down and got kicked out or something like that, but more just part of the whole customer service approach and, and saying, hey, look, you know, here's the list, but, you know, here's here's the best way how to use it. Sort of the well, that's the thing. We want people to be successful using what we're trying to help them with, and uh, just giving them the numbers isn't the whole story. So I, I feel like we're doing them a disservice if that's all we provided. Well, I remember what you told me is don't, don't, don't install when you first install the software and start using it. Do it on a site you don't care about, because you might make a goof. And you don't want to, you know, do something that is embarrassing in front of the whole world with an important site. Yeah, especially on an important important site. And we do have some very important sites using this stuff. It, one of the things that's a very closely guarded secret is our customer list, and that's something to that never be disclosed. Um, but it would be fairly impressive if we did release it. Um, the thing that, uh, yeah, you, you can't embarrass a Fortune 500 company like that, so you can't screw up when it comes to this stuff. No, it's not a good thing. Because then it gets, especially in this day and age, because, you know, it wasn't as bad in the past when information traveled a little bit slower, like somebody had to write a post and send it in to an email digest that comes out once a week. Now with the blogging, and, you know, people like our good buddy Shu, <laughs> it, it, it just spreads like wildfire. Well, just Every, like the thing with Google, uh, Google over in Germany with the BMW. Was it BMW? Yeah, see, I even blogged about that. Yeah, yeah we all read yeah, it. I mean, that's, that was overnight, you know. And let me ask you this. Did you, did you have any involvement in that? No. <laughs> all right, just checking. Not that I remember, anyway. It sounded way too amateurish for you. No, I wouldn't. I mean, the way they went about doing that thing, that wasn't really cool. I think it was pretty much user-agent-based, which is the child's way to do it. 
uh, well, and the and the way they, you know, and this is one of the things that we've. I usually, when we talk to a, a client, we go into great detail about if you're going to provide, you know, unique data to the search engine spiders, it really better be on target, and that's what protects most of the people. Um, if you go off and, and try and hit keyword phrases that aren't related to the content that you actually are providing to the user, eventually it's going to turn around and bite you. And that's kind of what happened with Google Denmark, or Germany, or not Google, uh, BMW. Yeah, they got a little broad in their targeting. They went too far. And, uh, you know, when you're, people are typing in, 1992 used car, eh, probably not looking for a Beamer. Right. You know? And and that was the biggest thing. But I, I think that's kind of one of the problems with it is people get excited and go, wow. Yeah, I can I, do ringtones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, at the, I mean, back in the day, you know, it was it was a lot more popular to do that bait-and-switch sort of thing. You know, target you know, Mickey Mouse and serve up adult content uh, and that sort of thing. But a lot of that is, I mean, one, it's, it's gone away, just the search engines have gotten better at distinguishing real relevancy. But the other side of it is that, I mean, all of that bait-and-switch traffic was, was driven on um, getting paid for banner impressions. CPM, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Once, once banner impressions went away and people wanted to actually start monetizing stuff, the, the, the incentive to, to bait-and-switch it just went away because nobody searching for Mickey Mouse is going to, you know, midstream. Well, not probably not nobody, but <laughs> the odds are a lot slimmer that people are going to, you know, in midstream fly off in a different direction on what you switched out the content for. Well, that's the thing. Spammers and jammers now get paid on conversion. And 97 through 99 or April of 2000, you know, right before the bubble burst, you get paid on eyeballs. Mm-hmm. CPM and page views, so it doesn't really matter how you got the person to the page. If the page loads and the banner displays, you're going to get paid. So I think... Okay, well, let me throw this up here. Let's get bring it up to a little bit more 2006 here. What do you think of this deal with Madison Avenue coming in a little bit more uh, video stuff? And they're going to want eyeballs versus conversion. Well, you know, it's funny you brought that up because I, I think in a, where I, I think uh, Adam was showing me an article on blogging and how CPM is back and CPM rates for blog ads on blogs is starting to cr- climb again. It's not clearly the you know eighty dollars a CPM it was at one time, but uh, it, it does kind of seem like visual and, and page views and stuff is coming back. So does that turn around and create? Uh, a new surge for old-style cloaking? Well, I don't know exactly what it means, but it it, uh, it definitely, I think that might be a driver more on the, for more abuse, perhaps. Uh, might be interesting, interesting to see what happens with, with it. You know, the interesting thing, you can take a page that gets decent page views, and you don't have to dr- dramatically alter it. You could simply take your meta description or your meta keywords that are, in the meta tag that nobody really looks at and print those on the page and make that single page which has basically the same content show up for a, a more tail terms. So you can just seed and just place little things, little places, and not dramatically alter it to a point where you're going to draw attention, yet dramatically increase the potential page views. 
not necessarily the conversions, but pages. Yeah, yeah. I so can see that working kind of in certain areas. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> some of it, some of it's definitely coming back. Uh, why don't we do this? Let's uh, take a quick break, pay some bills, and uh, dive in a little deeper into the dark world of cloaking when we come back. Stick around. SEO Rockstars. We'll be back after this short break. <laughs> Google AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. More than a name. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. Commercials off. Now back to SEO Rockstars. Let's rock. Here's your host. You know, I swear that's uh, that's Al Bundy in there, not you, Greg. I heard it was not me. Actually, I I was watching. Uh, they they got uh, the whole Married with Children thing doing the reruns up here, and I was watching one the other day, and I actually heard him say that during the show. It is yeah. Al Bundy. It is Al Bundy. Yeah, it oh, is. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, I, I, you know, where on earth did they catch me with a mic sounding like such a dumbass? <laughs> right about right, right about the same time they got you saying, I'm so confused or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, sometimes I get a little pissy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to the show, everybody. We have a special guest with us today, John Hurd, Mr. Cloaking, Mr. I.P. Delivery.com. And uh, we're digging in. We've been reminiscing about the good old days, and we just started in on how it might be coming back to a certain extent with 
um, all this Madison Avenue and just wanting to get eyeballs on sites and stuff like that. So let's pick it back up there. I felt kind of bad about that because it has evolved from a search engine standpoint, at least from, because like I've always said that we pretty much use IP detection in some form or another in every project we do. And yet none of the stuff we do anymore is anything like the old day stuff. It's usually has to do with large, complex sites and, you know, not only de dealing with rewrites, but making sure from a crawlability standpoint that we're not serving links that cause duplication, those kind of things. So That's I, very true. And are you finding that, you know, that's what the majority of the people that still do business with you are, are doing? Yeah, it, it's got uh, to be a tool for typically larger sites that have very specific things they're trying to do, or the occasional site that has uh, a very picky uh, CEO or, or uh, IT manager that doesn't want to change the Flash homepage, you know, that kind of approach, and they found out, you know, this is just is not working, and they need to, you know, get some text content up on the page. Uh, you can't rank for what's not on the page, usually, unless you've got a lot of different links. Um well, so, like I've, yeah, I've had, it, it's evolved quite a bit. Like situations, I, I remember a project I did where it was the same kind of thing, the CEO, the lawyers, whatever, all the pages had graphic page headers. Mm -hmm. And they would not let me take those words and turn them into heading tags. But they were totally cool with the idea of doing it just for the bots. But they liked the look and, you know, the prettiness of it. And, and well, yeah, so, I, I think you're going to see a lot more of that sort of thing stuff, you know, in this, this Web 2.0 world of Flash and Ajax, where's the content for the search engines? Yeah, so, we just got into this. I don't know. Have any of you two ran into a deal with the no-cache tag, uh, XHTML uh, trailing slash not working right? No. I can't say that I have. I mean, there's just so many new things with all this CS. I mean, it's not really new, but so many different things you can screw up and break a bot anymore. We've seen that MSN wasn't picking up the XHTML validated uh, robots no archive tag the other day. Yeah, but MSN doesn't count as a bot. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk well, about MSN yeah. on the show. <laughs> well, it's like Google a high school either, kid so. screwing around with some code. <laughs> I mean, there's just weird things that we still find going on that where you may want it to work one way for the humans and but another you're right. way for you search engines, and I, I still think SEO 1.0, or as far as HTML 1.0, is still the best for search engines until you know better. It's just very safe. You know, if you can mm -hmm. clean and strip that and just get it down to the bare minimum that they need, um, you just have less chances of something odd happening. And granted, it doesn't happen as much as it did in the old days, I don't think, but... It, it still does, and it makes sense if you're going to build something from scratch to kind of plan for that. And just don't ever, you know, never bought into the thing about it being something evil in and of itself, the technology. Right. It's how you use it, and that's what we've always tried to preach to people. Mm -hmm. We're getting a few uh, interesting questions showing up in the, in the chat room here. One that just came across um, is uh, we, we, we get the... We, we get the leftover audience from Shoe Money Show, which is a lot of, a lot of affiliate folks. 
And uh, so inevitably, when we start talking about this kind of stuff, somebody chimes in with questions about how affiliates can use this sort of thing. And, uh, and that's exactly what was asked, is, you know, how can an affiliate use cloaking uh, to make money? And well, you well, can... Yeah, let me jump right in on that one, because this was a big deal here a while back, and I don't think it's been quite the issue it used to be, but uh, affiliates that had, you know, a high percentage of outgoing, outbound affiliate links tended to drop out fairly quickly in a search engine. And we found that in several instances that uh, that seemed to be the case that, you know, 90% or more of the outbound links were uh, like the CJ domains or something similar. And um, there's there's a number of our customers that use it as affiliates and just hide the affiliate link to the search engine. You know, the affiliate, as far as the search engine is concerned, it's direct outbound to the uh, uh, the end seller. Whereas on the human side, it's an affiliate link. And if you don't want to give the direct outbound, you can just de-link it. Entirely. Pull, and, pull the link Yeah, you down. can just not have the link on there, just have text or whatever. Had a lot of, a lot of great results with that. Well, one, one other thing that, that's really a, a sore point in the affiliate world right now is the, the affiliates doing pay-per-click, especially on Google, where Google came out with quality-based bidding a little while ago. And basically said, we're analyzing landing pages, and we're going to adjust your bid price based on the quality of your landing page. And essentially what happened was tons and tons of affiliates got, you know, overnight went from, you know, 10 cent clicks to 5 and $10 clicks uh, because their pages are just too identifiable as affiliate Arbitrage? <laughs> and arbitrage, yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, there's, Certainly, that is a bot-based calculation. So I don't know that no, that's 100% bot-based. It, it's, I was going to say, it's, it's probably not 100%, but the, uh, the so majority the of it is. probably what flags it for human review. Yeah. Mm-hmm. do you think? I think well, that's then, more along what we're, I think it's a combo. Then you have to roll in a little uh, geo-targeting and uh, go, okay, Mountain View gets this page versus, you know, just the bots in general um, sort of thing. But that's, I mean, it just leads, I mean, it's just one more application of, of how to display your content to suit the best purposes of your user. Mm-hmm. Well, and we, we, we did a thing one time, same thing with uh, kind of the geolocation and finding a site that requires a cookie and a login. Before you could view the content, you had to log in, and it would show the content for your particular area. And this site had great page rank. And we wanted to buy links because the site matched the client site, but we also wanted credit for the links. So we just taught them how to distinguish a certain block of IPs, and if anybody came from that block of IPs, the default city was Mountain View, California. And then we bought an ad in Mountain View. We sponsored the Mountain View content. So that worked out pretty nice. Nobody else really even saw our link because very few people actually went there and, and typed in Mountain View, but the important people slash bots that did go there from that city um, got to see our great ad. <laughs> well, there's so many fun things you can do. The, I mean, the, the key really, I mean, there's there's still a lot, there's still a big argument around cloaking, and, and people still want to call it evil, and it's bad, and it's this and that, but I mean, I think the much much more accurate view of it, especially in today's landscape, is 
it's really more a tool to make sure that what you're putting out there is getting seen and displayed the way you want it to because there's so many technologies, there's so many different things that you have to manage, whether it's Flash or Ajax or login pages and cookies and that sort of thing, that uh, the, the bots are really very, very simple, relatively stupid programs that go out and crawl just indexing bits of data. So they're not well, smart enough pretty to I mean, they've made real big strides. Uh, all of them have from where they used to be, uh, like crawling dynamic content. That's that's They've made leaps and bounds from where they used to be there. Well, the one oh, that I hate it. is their ability to detect gibberish. <laughs> that one just, you know. But one of the, uh, from the affiliate thing, another thing, there was a time a couple years ago when Google really loved uh, search engine results. Even their own searches, you just regurgitate, you know, you still see that all the time in scraper sites where they take a search result for a keyword and then they put on it and they feed it. Well, it doesn't really rank that well in Google anymore, but we went through a time where we were toying with that, and what we found was if we cloaked the content, uh, and even this is with large clients where we would statically auto-generate keyword search pages, which is pretty common on large sites, you know, uh, you spit out a list of, Here's a related search, but it's actually a link that can get crawled, so the bots come in and generate searches on your database. Mm-hmm. A lot of mileage in that, but we that started slipping away, and what we found is if we went back and for the bots fed those pages, but we removed all the items from the page that identified it as a search result, things like the word results, twenty, you know, 1 through 10 of 3,500, little phrases like that, and we stripped all that down, um, those pages started doing better again. Yes. And I imagine you could do that same kind of thing with duplicate content because you see a lot of affiliates now trying to, they'll, they'll put their links at the bottom, there's going to be stuff they scrape from the wiki and things like that. But they're really good at matching up, you know, sites that are sharing content. So if you use IP delivery, you could potentially go in there and manipulate that content. You're not writing new content from scratch, but you could potentially manipulate it enough to get it past the threshold of duplication, which is probably more work than just writing something original. But, you know, <laughs> but that's another could topic. <laughs> so I, I, now i got some other questions for you. Let's talk about Planet Ocean a little bit. And I, My main question is, how long do I have to not be subscribed before I stop getting the emails? asking me what happened to my <laughs> subscription. <laughs> That's an internal email until you helped out. Oh, my God. It's been five years. I just got one today. Hey, we haven't oh. seen you in a while. <laughs> but, but explain to everybody. I mean, Planet Ocean, been around how long have you been writing? Do you still write for Planet Ocean? Uh, yeah, occasionally. I do a lot of the tech stuff there. Yeah? And explain to everybody what it is and how it came about and... Well, uh, Planet Ocean has um, probably, as far as I know, the oldest uh, paid prescription ebook uh, on the planet. Um, started, I think, close at 1996 uh, as a subscriber book, an original SEO book, so to speak. And uh, it's continued to evolve uh, up to this day. Uh, we get a lot of very good comments uh, from our users. Uh, how accurate the book is and how complete and in-depth. And, you know, somebody new coming into this SEO thing and uh, <clears throat> trying to get started in, in some kind of marketing, there's so many different ways. And sometimes it's nice just to have a book that covers a lot of the basics 
and start from scratch uh, and learn your way up because, uh, let's face it, you can spend every hour of the day uh, reading forums and blogs and not catch all the basics that you really need. Well, what's amazing to me is two things. Number one, Aaron Wall didn't really invent the SEO book. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, that was a joke. I love Aaron. But it it was a model, a business model, that got launched in a time when that was unheard of. Yes. Paid subscription for content like that, and, and it seems that, that it's weathered all these years and still exists, and now that model's probably a little more... That model's kind of come and gone multiple times, and not too many people have been successful with it. So... It's good to hear that you know it's still going. So, but do you still get a, mo- a weekly? Is it a monthly newsletter that comes with it? Yes, it's still monthly. And you still write articles for that? Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Well, I might have to renew my subscription then. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say the thing. I should uh, I should re up. It's been uh, well. Actually, I don't know that I ever was doing up some in more the first place. here soon and playing around kind of like we used to. And you dabble in evil stuff in that newsletter sometimes. Well, things you ought to know. Because you know there's a forum now for black hat people that charges a whole lot of money. I haven't been on that one. That's because it's a whole lot of money. I haven't been on it either. <laughs> but it kind of seems like... I keep waiting for my invite, my, my free pass. Yeah, you're not going to get one. Yeah, I'm, not uh, anymore. I'm a corporate white hat. You sold out. I did, as a matter of fact. <laughs> So, John, what do we got to do to get you to come out to some shows again? We haven't seen you in a while. Well, we're going to have to do that here soon. Maybe sometime after the first year. Oh, well, here, here's, here's better. You got to come to Vegas? Mm, yes. In November? Mm. Or, or Chicago? Chicago sounds fun. That's cold, too. Yeah, Chicago's very Chicago cold. Is it's very evil. But. And, well, maybe, and here's the cool thing, is maybe... Um, after the first of the year when Danny's unemployed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has to look and find a new gig. Okay, just so you know, yeah, my birthday, I'm going to be 40. Shoes funny, not 50. <laughs> yeah, I am going to be at a birthday party in Vegas, so I'll send you an invite. Okay. But uh, we got to get Danny to get you back on whatever, whoever he works for after January. <laughs> we had a lot of fun doing cloaking panels and that kind of stuff. Oh, we had a blast. Well, it's it's certainly like I said, it's it's coming back, and I, I can see you know if you know if Danny was sticking around coming into next year, I, I could see it you know having a resurgence and and being panel worthy again. Um, it did kind of fall out of vogue for a while there, but uh, be good, be good. We could get Alan Perkins back on. Oh, that would be a blast. <laughs> For all you podcast listeners, you just have to figure that one out on your own. Yeah, that would go back in history a little bit on that one. Alan and John are great buddies. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, we had a we had a fun little panel with Alan there, didn't we, Greg? We did. We did. I've I've had all kinds of fun with Alan. Sat in a bar with him for a couple hours one night and debated SEO ethics. There you go. I I just like when we were on that panel and he stands up and he goes. I build my websites as if search engines don't exist. And y'all, you can just see all the hands go up. Well, then why are you here at this conference? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why didn't you that go like to scary. the search engines don't exist strategy conference? 
<laughs> so. Oh, man. it's uh, The conference thing is just way too much fun, i got to tell you. I'm looking forward to it. A couple coming up here. Yeah, we're definitely going to get you out. It's been good in the bars afterwards. We've had some very unique and interesting conversations, <laughs> I have to say. However, well, we never did get up inside the Googleplex, Greg. No, and we should probably tell that story. So for all you guys out there, Google has this thing where they never let their employees stay at the same hotel that the conference is at. Mm-hmm. Because, probably because of John, because there was this time, this is back in Texas, I believe, and John was camping out at uh, the front desk, ringing, trying to ring Matt's room to invite him to dinner <laughs> so we could try to get him liquored up. <laughs> and then at the very first Google dance, we were there at the Plex, and this is back when they were at their little place, and they had armed security guards, and, you know, we're making Tim Meyer pee in the outhouse because he didn't work for Google, and they were very <laughs> uptight, but in the lobby, right, they had um, a computer where you have, when you go there to visit, you have to fill out an NDA and hit a button and print it, print your pass out, and then you can travel around the building and do your thing, and um, we got, well, I didn't do it, John got caught printing the... <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't the one that got caught. Who was that? Was, was it Michael? Oh... Uh... No, let's see, trying to think. But we hit print. It was actually in the process of printing when the Google chick, security chick, said, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember uh, you you were asking everybody for a tour, trying to get upstairs. Craig Silverstein thought it was pretty funny. Could you you take me for a tour? And he just looked at you and said, no. (laughs) Uh, No, it was, that's verboten. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, John, I mean, I'm time. getting, the, I'm getting the heads up from the studio here that we have, uh, we filled our time slot today. Hey, we made it. We we did, and uh, John, it was great having you on the show. Glad to uh, glad to see you, you back, and uh, looking forward to whatever's next from you. When you when you finally put the ink to paper and decide what you're going to do, uh, give us a show. We'll bring you back on the show, and uh, we'll launch it for you. Sounds like fun. Thank you. You know, so much we have thousands of listeners. Thousands of listeners. <laughs> Not counting my kids. There you go. Anyways, thanks a lot, John, and uh, it was good hanging out with everybody, and we will be back next week. Take care. <laughs>